Good morning or afternoon, depending on where you are, to the Space Game Junkie Podcast, my friends. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and sadly, Jim cannot join us this morning because it's an early show and he's at work. Uh, But we do have a guest co-host joining us from Hamburg, Germany, a friend of the site and the show and our resident space engineers expert, Alex Shaquille. Welcome, Alex. Good morning. It's afternoon for you, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, appreciate, I appreciate that. I'm with you, Americans, on that. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, 6 a.m. in the morning here in Los Angeles, but that's because our guests are in... Am I, am I, yeah, you guys are in Prague in the Czech Republic, which I hear is a lovely town. Never been. Um, I've seen a lot of pictures, though. Uh, joining us from the folks at Keen Software House... We have CEO, CTO, and founder, Merrick Rosa. Hello, guys. Good morning. And we also have community manager and media producer, Joel Wilcox, also known as Zockley. Hi, guys. Hello. Good morning. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, The the sad thing about this is the the guy who – my co-host, Hunter, is the one who really wanted to have you guys on the show, and he couldn't be here. So I just wanted to throw that out. Hi, Hunter. Sorry you couldn't be here. Because uh, he loves your game almost as much as Alex does. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Cool. And yes, we are calling from Prague. So I forgot to say, yeah, we are calling from Prague here in Czech Republic. And it's a nice place. It is, I recommend anyone visit. Yeah, I, I, I've, I was, I've looked at some pictures because I was like, I, I've seen pictures randomly throughout the years, but I just looked some up on Google and it's, Really, go- really, kind of gorgeous in that like older European style, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind, it's kind of nice. Now you've been with the company for about a little more than a year, Joel. Yeah, that's that is correct. Yeah, just over a year now. Actually, no more than that. Actually, maybe it's coming up to a year and six months. It's only time flies. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So it's been great, though. It's been really great. That 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 is awesome. So, uh, folks, we're here to talk about space engineers. If for some reason, I don't know how you don't know what space engineers are if you're listening to this podcast, but just in case you don't know what space engineers is, it is a, a space shoot 'em, build 'em, fly 'em, run 'em. It's a encompassing sandbox thing where you can not only futz around on planets, but you can build ships, space stations, all kinds of malarkey. And it's been in early access for a little more than three years. Uh, yeah, 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 something like that. So I got I October want, 2013. So. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Over, I was, over I was, three years now. Yeah, yeah, a little over three years. So uh, I was curious about that because I we we talked to a lot of developers on the show and a lot of them use early access and some refuse to uh, because we we've come to learn it's a double edged sword in a lot of ways because especially over a lengthy period like uh, this game has it's it's. Managing expectations is so important. Um, like some people expect a full game when early access starts, and some people, because it's like blurred the lines now between alpha and beta and all that. And you guys just hit technically "quote unquote" beta recently, um, and I was kind of glad you guys made that distinction because I think a lot of people have forgotten what beta actually is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
And so I wanted to ask you how that's how, generally how has early access been treating you guys uh, in terms of the community, in terms of expectations, that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, there has been some ups and downs, and uh, I would say uh, it's a lot tougher than uh, if you would be developing the game behind closed doors. That's definitely true. On the other side, there are also some advantages of being in early access. Like first is uh, you can get the funding. Second, uh, you get the, you get to meet with the reality. You know, like so you can actually learn uh, about what your players want and don't want, and all these things. You can do. You can learn it uh, frequently and so on. But of course, uh, it requires you to have some kind of resistance or like some kind of tough skin to some of the things. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it's the process that we choose. And uh, maybe it would be also fun sometime in the future to develop a game behind closed doors, you know, and like really polish it until you are satisfied and then release. But that's a different thing. And uh, it's, it's, it's risky in the sense that you don't know 100% what the people are going to say about it. Whereas when it's in early access, because it's from the start almost, yeah. the, the community and the fans in a way shape the game and the direction it goes in more so than when behind closed doors, which again is a double-edged sword, I guess. Yeah. On the other side, as I said, like you are learning uh, constantly about how people react to this or that. And uh, then that gives you more experience once the game uh, gets finished and released. And then basically... Uh, if the game still continues, it's in some kind of development. It's still some kind of early access, you know, like uh, it's still being watched by people, criticized by people. So uh, it's better to get to this stage uh, after you already learn how to survive in this kind of environment. So I think it's okay. Like, uh, of course, what is important is when you are releasing early access game, is that even the first release of the game will show something, uh, let's say, something new or something that other games don't have. And it should uh, show it in a way that's really useful or like uh, where players are actually able to play with it, experience with it. So, uh, for example, when we are designing uh, Space Engineers for Early Access, we were thinking or considering like different features that should go first in the game. And uh, we are like, uh, let's just like hypothetical scenario. Imagine that first, if we focused on uh, like, uh, I don't know, like multiplier, or if we focus on actual engineering aspects that are in the game. And if you release a game that would be, that would have only en- uh, only multiplier and no engineering, then it would not make sense because the, the first prototype of the game would not ma- bring anything new to the market. On the other side, if you neglect multiplier and focus only on engineering, which uh, other games uh, didn't have, then you can actually bring something new, and uh, that's what is important. So I think uh, you need to have some like minimum viable prototype of your game, and this minimum viable prototype should show something that's unique for your game, and then you should keep uh, with this, and then start adding less important features uh, later, and, and so on. And uh, regarding uh, managing the expectations, what we tried to do for a long time was to not talk about planned features, changes, or something like this. Because if you are unsure, if you will 
deliver this feature or not this feature, not because you cannot, but maybe you will realize that you actually don't want that feature in the game. It's better if you are not talking about these things because people will have, uh, get some expectations and there will be uh, like uh, like you will fail and uh, they will be unhappy and so on. So uh, this is something that we also try to do. And uh, it's good to have the community as some kind of compass, which tells you if you are doing a good job or not doing a good job. But I wouldn't say that we are doing only what community tells us. I would like really say that I have the community as a compass of good work or bad work. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that's nice because uh, that actually kind of was going to be my next question because I've – I've sadly seen some developers um, like listen to the community a little too much and kind of change the direction of their game based on the community rather than sticking to their original vision, uh, which just which always makes me sad because you know it's your game you got to stick to what you wanted to do in the first place. Um, so has that ever been a temptation to change direction based on uh, the community? Because it sounds like it hasn't, but I just wanted to throw that out there and ask you, like, if it hasn't, how do you resist that? Uh, yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I mean, our vision for the game changed on our side, uh, or not like really changed. I would say like we just added some, some more details or some more ideas, but... I still consider those ideas to be compatible with the original vision or just like more enhancements or additions. Like, for example, when we were designing the game, the original vision didn't count with uh, planets or didn't count with, I don't know, like oxygen, for example, and things like that. And then later uh, we thought that they can be cool features. Uh, They can actually like expand the possibilities that you can do in the game. It wasn't against the original vision. So it wasn't like... Uh, changing the cor- curves of space engineers from engineering game to, let's say, a football manager. You know, that would be crazy. <laughs> but this was more like uh, just some little little additions and so on. And uh, uh, on the other side, what I think is also very important, and this needs some kind of experience on the side of the developers, is to... Uh, like keep the amount of features and changes and all these things to a level that you are certain you can manage. Like not to try uh, adding one feature after another feature or adding unfinished features to a level that it's just like really hard to put it all together and finish to get the game. So this is, I think, another problem that can uh, that can happen in the development. You know, like when you will get uh, you will get on this. Uh, feature, I don't know how, how it's called, I forgot, but it's like feature craziness or something like that. Um, feature creep. Feature creep, yeah. 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 So it's yeah. also uh, good to, to resist uh, this kind of thing and and focus really on the like relevant uh, key features uh, for the game. So it's not so only about... I, it's not, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, so I think the, the vision for the game didn't change. It's still what it was supposed to be. It's just like... Uh, slightly more, uh, I don't know, like, uh, polished or improved or slightly more features in, in some areas where I wasn't really expecting in the in the original vision. And, uh, yeah, that's it. And also, it, it would be hard to change the curse of the game uh, because not just we have some vision for the game, but also our current community has some vision for the game. And it's like, 
if they uh, purchase some game and then we suddenly change it to something totally different, they will also be upset. So we also need to take this into our mind. But uh, as for space engineers, I think it's still keeping the, the vision and everything. Yeah. So it's not only about managing player expectations, but managing your own and what you can accomplish. Yes, exactly. That makes a lot of um, might I sorry, jump sorry. Ask, um, just quickly? What what was like your original vision for the game before? You know that like, was going to be my question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. No, that's great. Before you had any contact to the community, what was your uh, vision alone? Uh, to make a game where you build spaceships, space stations, there is some realistic physics, uh, volumetricity. And uh, something like uh, you are changing uh, the environment and uh, the creations around you, and you are doing these changes in the 3D environment around you, not in some menus or some diagrams or something like this, but actually really in the environment. Just like when you are playing with Lego, like you know Lego toy or Lego books, oh, yeah. you are also using your hands to change something in 3D environment around you. And you can feel it like your entire brain was uh, evolved for, you know, like understanding the 3D environment. So I wanted to have the same kind of feeling that when I'm changing something or like designing, building something in uh, space engineers, that I'm doing those changes like on those particular 3D locations and I feel the volumetricity of, of what I'm doing. Like I didn't want to make a game where you just uh, change some property of a spaceship in a like I mean some big property of a spaceship in a in some scroll bar or something like that like uh, you know like when you have a ship there is a cargo container there should be some uh, some thruster there should be some gyro and all these things and I didn't want these things that I just mentioned to be just some abstract properties of some abstract spaceship and blah 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 like this was the the thing that basically what you see in the game, uh, what you perceive that is in the game around you should be there and it should have that functionality that you would intuitively expect that that thing to have. Mm. This was the vision, like to really create some kind of sandbox where you interact and you feel the environment just like uh, you feel it in the in the real world. Yeah, and to me it's like, um, I mean, at least in my perception that you guys were one of the first games who did that stuff. I mean, nowadays you have many competitors, I guess, who kind of copied you. At least in my perception, you were kind of first with that idea. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they, re they really were. Uh, yeah, but now you have like, now you have at least half a dozen games like that. But yeah, they were like really the first on the scene with this open sandbox building thing as far as I can remember. Uh, we do have a question from the chat. Uh, Sir Hamster a lot, okay, uh, asks if there's any kind of progression plan for space engineers. I'm not sure if he means. I think he. I'm thinking he means in game. I think. I hope. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I really cannot comment on this plan features right now. You know, because we need to keep some of the things uh, quiet or like. Uh, talk on the things that are actually uh, finished or close to finish. So, yeah, I can, I'm sorry, I cannot talk about that. It kind of goes into what you were just saying about how, like, you can talk about certain things, but you 
also got to manage expectations and not only talk about things you're ready to talk about, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like look at uh, look at that other game that talks about all these things they want to do and then things don't happen and the other yeah game. yeah that <laughs> other game that other big space sandbox game <laughs> that I don't want to mention. <laughs> So I, I kind of want to go back to the beginning uh, real quick and talk about the history of the project. Uh, how did Space Engineers, um, like what was the impetus for it and how did it get started um, and, and what, what launched it off the ground? Mm-hmm. So uh, right before we started working on Space Engineers, we finished uh, Minor Wars 2081 and uh, we kept um, like – maintaining or bug fixing the game for a couple of months and then we moved on a new project and we were thinking what should that be and uh, it was still coming back to this like very old, old vision that I had about a game that will be like a Lego where you will be building things and it will be physical and it will be about engineering and uh, and physics and stuff like that. So uh, we are thinking uh, how can we uh, use our existing experiences uh, with this kind of stuff and uh, how to build it and what is also the shortest path uh, to achieve something like this and like where where our strengths and weaknesses and so on and uh, like we spent uh, we spent some time thinking about this but it was quite short and uh, then we set ourselves a deadline it was only seven months and we said, like, okay, in seven months, we, sh- we must release a uh, first uh, prototype or first viable prototype of Space Engineers on Steam and see how people react to this, if they like it or not, and so on. And uh, during the seven months, uh, the team was very small. It was, like, uh, two, and then later there, there was a third programmer. There was one uh, artist uh, and one designer, and uh, so it was a really small team, and I think this was very good because uh, it was easy to, to manage and it was easy to design and everything. So uh, we, uh, during these seven months, we solved some of the physical problems that uh, uh, like were in front of us, like, for example, these destructible ships and building on the grid system and having everything dynamic and so on. Uh, we also made like the concept for the game, like how the blocks would look like, like made the decisions that, okay, that there should be two and a half meter block. There should be the small blocks. The astronaut should have this, this uh, height. Uh, the astronaut should have jetpack. Otherwise you will get stuck sometimes. There should be this tool, that tool. And like we made all these little uh, design decisions. We're always thinking about how that will impact our roadmap in the future. Like we didn't want to create something that will be like a block for us, like uh, like a blocking thing for us in in a year or so. And uh, then uh, we made one like prototype after another prototype until we get to uh, what we released on Steam Early Access. And then we just kept doing uh, weekly updates because actually one of the reasons for these weekly updates was, actually there are a few reasons, but one of them was that we were afraid that if we will not be doing weekly updates, people will lose interest. So we just kept doing the, the updates. Another was that 
because we really uh, very well understood the the design of our game and also the like programming part of our game, it was quite easy for us to come up with new features that we could manage to actually implement and test uh, in a short period of time. And uh, and it was a lot of fun. Like we became some kind of like update junkies that we really wanted to make an update and get the instant gratification from the community and like people saying that yeah you're cool and blah blah so uh and we kept doing this so if like i have to sum this up again uh there was couple months uh after we finished minor wars for some like basic thinking about what should we do with our lives next then there was seven months of hardcore focusing on doing this prototype design and everything and then we released the game and uh then there was there was the rest. Yeah. Uh, that's, that sounds like a lengthy process, but it seems to be paying off. We do have some more questions from the community. Um, any possibility of porting some of the positive features from medieval engineers into space engineers, like ropes, furniture, interior walls that aren't eight feet thick? That's a quote. That's not from me. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. <laughs> But yeah, like you guys have this other game uh, we can talk about for a second, Medieval Engineers. And um, I'm just, uh, so I guess someone's yeah, asking, like, m- can maybe you... Maybe some of those, like, maybe sometime in the future. Positive or, or features. Something like that. Uh, I would say that uh, our main focus for Space Engineers at this moment is to uh, finish the game, uh, optimize bug fix and uh, maybe polish some things, or not maybe, like, polish some things, make it more accessible, more intuitive, like, don't make the game stupid or don't dump down the game, but make it more accessible so people will still be able to do the same kind of stuff they are able to do in the game, just the limitations or the the complexity of what they need to do or, like, the annoying uh, part should be much smaller. And this, so this is our main objective for space engineers. It's not, not really uh, adding uh, new features because we really need to be careful about this. And I'm quite happy with how the team is managing this side of the development at this moment, you know, like this feature creep versus focusing on relevant things, focusing on polishing. So I, uh, I think I'm really happy with this. But uh, since space engineers as a game and as a concept and also the team proved to be successful on what they are doing. I think that the future of space engineers uh, may be like there is more years in the future of space engineers that there is actually behind us. If you know what I mean, like the game and the concept and this, this genre that we kind of like invented can go for a years, like tens of years or maybe millions of years. And the last three and a half year that, you know, like, uh, is the history of space engineers will be a small fraction of this this time that is in front of us. Mm. One of the things I, I can just say that we I know that we are uh, working on is um, it's it's redesigned the HUD to make that more intuitive to new players because you, when you first load up space engineers it can be very overwhelming for new players and the HUD is one of the things that we're looking at doing. So it tells you really the, the, the mainly, the most relevant information on the screen. And th- that's something that's being concepted at the moment. 
And and you guys did it from out from what Alex told me, you guys just added a tutorial, and it, I was playing through it on the on the video yesterday. That's those missions, those couple of those those missions mm-hmm. that kind of guide yeah. you through. So that 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 explained the the HUD fairly well, at least to me. Um, so that that is nice. I did want to ask about that too, like because those seem nicely scripted with nice goals and everything, and and. And Jim, uh, uh, who's on in the chat room, couldn't join us, but he's in the chat room, uh, brings up an interesting thing. Is there going to be any kind of um, – like are you going to be able to add missions or add quests? Is it just – is it going to be completely open or are there, are there going to be things to do in the game? Uh, um, with the – we're looking at the moment also at redesigning the, uh, the the starting scenarios and bringing them up to scratch. And um, I say I can't say too much about it, but we are looking at into um, putting more uh, goals and uh, yeah, in, in survival. Um, it's it's something that you know it's not like we don't know if it will definitely come, but it's areas that we're looking into and we're trying to. We're trying to improve the survival experience for sure. That is something that we are, um, I guess, yeah, concepting and looking at right now. Yeah. But Joel, I think it's possible to to mod the missions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, people can mod the missions, create their own missions, and if not right now, but I think it should work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guys are going to update the guides. Yeah, all the, the guides, the, the guidelines yeah. for for how to do this. So that should also help this process. Yeah, that's something I'm very interested in. And like, you can basically design your own campaigns, more or less. Um, I experimented a little bit with that. There are some on the workshops. So somebody recreated the Martian scenario, for example, and it works really well. So you can basically, like, this is what I'm very interested in, that you theoretically in the future can make your own game in there. That's very interesting to me. Yeah. 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 Okay, we have a and then the campaign more. was. That's right. The campaign was received. The tutorial campaign was received really well. Like, um, I think we were uh, we were really happy to see just the amount of uh, positive feedback we got on that. People were really, you know, blown away by the storytelling potential in Space Engineers, and um, yeah, it was it's just really great to see. And I know our designers were happy with that too. Okay, we have a couple more questions for the community, from the community. Yeah, for the community. Hey, guys. Uh, first off, uh, what are the recommended hardware requirements? I mean, I know you have this on the Steam page, but someone asked this, so I thought I would relay it. Because this this gentleman only gets 13 frames per second. I mean, friend, it is early access, so it's not fully optimized yet, let's be honest. But, yeah, do, do you guys have, like um, – like, if you were building a rig to play this game, what would you put in it? Joel, maybe you can answer. Um, well, that's a hard one, because if I was building a rig right now, I would build it to, like, you know, to, to the max. But if you're talking on, like, an on a budget and trying to trying to uh, run it the best but at a reasonable cost... But then I would probably, I would probably recommend, I would probably build a, a 1070 in there, and 
an i7 as well just an i7 this for recommended you know i mean i5s are fine as well and lower but if i was building a system today it would probably be um i guess one of those new broadwells are just coming out and um we yet to see about i mean amd is then this year could be their year but at the moment like today it would probably um be uh yeah i7 and uh 1070 That sounds reasonable. Okay, and another question. Uh this is the this says specifically for Merrick, but I guess either of you guys can answer. How does your idea of the future of multiplayers in space engineers look? How many players should be supported and how will it look like in your idea? That's that's me reading that verbatim. So I guess the question is like right now I guess one of the larger complaints about uh space engineers is multiplayer isn't perfect yet. I mean you clearly say it's still an alpha on the steam page. You clearly say it's still a work in progress. But that seems to be uh one of the issues people have is with syncing and stuff like that. So what are like how is the multiplayer coming along and and what it what are the next optimizations you could talk about for multiplayer? Mm-hmm. Uh, so regarding multiplayer, there, there has been a lot of uh, effort and like a big uh, project on our side uh, in last, uh, or like it started five months ago. Uh, I made an internal challenge uh, in the team. Uh, I offered some money prize to, to a team uh, that will deliver good multiplayer for space engineers. And uh, the result of this was just before the Christmas, And uh, uh, this new multiplier uh, then got to, to Space Engineers, and I think it improved the uh, multiplier experience in Space Engineers a lot. There is probably still some little things they need to fine-tune, but I would say uh, that, at least from my perspective, that uh, as multiplier used to be the main point of, for complaining for people, my feeling is that it's not anymore. The, the biggest issue they have. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more towards performance. Like the the multiplayer netcode as as like the kind of the foundation, the the main framework of it is definitely um, it's that's um, uh, what's the word this? Hmm. All I know is that there are more um, optimizations and tweaks to the multiplayer itself, but mainly to the render and to uh, also improving uh, multi-threading and stuff like that. So it's some of the issues that people are running into today aren't actually necessarily to do with the netcode. It's just the general performance of the game. And um, so, yeah, there, there will be this, there's still a, a good number of optimizations still to come in the coming months. Yeah. I noticed a lot of improvement in the last couple of updates um, with the synchronization and stuff. That's good. That's really that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. So I'm still waking up. <laughs> Please forgive me. I'm still... Um, so I noticed because I was playing with the workshop a little bit, it seems like people just love making stuff for your game. And you've made that pretty easy with uh, Steam Workshop integration so how important was it to get steam workshop in there and was it difficult uh this was actually one of the and maybe the first update that we made uh like first 
feature update for space engineers after the, the launch and early access. Uh, I think the integration was super easy and it maybe took just a couple of hours. And uh, just the basic integration, like it was a, it was possible to upload and download worlds. I'm not talking about modding and, and things like this. Those we added uh, later. And uh, the reason why we focused on uh, workshop integration was that uh, basically this was our only marketing strategy or our only marketing strategy was to make a game that is uh, like, like there's some kind of viral ma marketing uh, aspect. So which means that people use our game to create something, want to show it to their friend. And this basically increases the pool of people who know about the game and buy the game. Like we didn't want to do paid marketing because we don't know how to do it. And also like we wanted to be developing game and not doing marketing. So uh, we had to hack it somehow, you know, and the way we hacked this or solved this was by making the game as viral as possible. So again, uh, having Steam Workshop uh, was one of the fundamental things that we had to add. And luckily it was enough. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it encourages people. Yeah, I mean, there are uh, YouTube channels dedicated to only show workshop blueprints and stuff like that with followers, mm. so it really works, I think. Uh, the community is very big in that. Mm -hmm. It encouraged people to share, you know, because beforehand people were sharing because they were sharing the files and stuff across, just like they were taking it out of their saves and sharing them. But it really did encourage the sharing and also like people, you know, wanting to, um, I guess, I don't be noticed, but on the Steam Works, that is, you know, people, there's a couple of guys out, well, a couple, there's lots of people out there who have a good number of followers in the workshop and they've become kind of famous within the space engineers community for making yeah. awesome builds and awesome mods. So, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a definitely a very good decision. Yeah, yeah. Possibly more of the, the main, <laughs> the best decision. With the yeah, space have, is pretty awesome. We have someone in the Twitch chat saying that making blueprints is the game for them. Like that is the game. That is how they play the game. Apparently, is making blueprints. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good because, like, this was the point for the game, like to create stuff and then test the stuff. That's why I bought the game. I bought the game because, you know, it was I've always I'd always wanted to build my dream spaceship. You know, for a long time. And when I saw this, and I saw you could build your own spaceship, it was just like a an instant buy for me. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's it. yeah for sure. To start with, it really was just about building whatever I wanted to build. So I guess my my personal question is, I I don't have the patience to build stuff anymore. I did it one time, like I used to be big into Legos, but now I just want to get in and fly stuff. So for someone like me, how do you make a game like Space Engineers appeal to someone like me who just wants to diddle around with stuff that's already been built? So, uh, so, uh, sorry, say that one again, man. Sorry, I don't know if I cut out. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not big into building stuff, I was saying. I mm -hmm, don't have mm -hmm. patience for it anymore. So how do you make a game like Space Engineers appeal to someone like me who just wants to run around and fly stuff or kill stuff or what have you? Like, well, um I just want to work out how much I can say. <laughs> I, I get that's a uh, weird question. And I know you guys just yeah, had this tutorial. But I'm I'm just kind of wondering if, like, like and, you, and people well, can so, create quests and stuff. Sorry, go ahead. 
Well, yeah, one of the things is definitely encouraging the, the campaign, people to create their own campaigns and scenarios. And I think uh, we might be looking at getting our designers to make some multiplayer scenarios. They're not, nothing crazy, but just something for people to, like, join and, like, uh, you know, fight each other or something like that. Because um, there is space for people who don't enjoy building, for sure. You can you know, play through a campaign or you can just load into a scenario with your friends and, uh, yeah, have ship battles or, uh, even, even ground battles, you know? So, um, there is, there is definitely space of people who aren't just into building and it'd be great if we could encourage that more through the use of, uh, campaign tools and, uh, visual scripting. Yeah, I just uh, was about to say um, that's kind of where I see the future for people who don't want to build. Um, so you can basically build a scenario where, I don't know, you, you make two sides, one the Empire, one the Rebellion, and you have pre-made ships in there and some winning conditions, and then you just play it like any other game, basically. See, that's where I, that's where I, mm. I, would, want to, I, that's where I would want to come in, is just, you know, give me something to kill. That's 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 where my gaming sensibilities seem to be nowadays. I don't want to build crap or, or crafting. I don't understand crafting. Sorry, I I can go on a rant about that for a million years, but I just want to get a gun or get a ship and kill. Just kill. Um, not really kill, but you know. Well, there's um, there, there, yeah, there tends to be that there are players who clearly who just like building ships, and they so some people are into survival at all, and that's fine because the game. Um, people can happily build their ships and take blueprints and there's the people who play survival and they, they're not so into designing crazy ships, just ships that will do the job um, but no, it would be um, it would be good if we can uh, yeah, find more ways to include people who do just want to go, 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 action, action well here's kind with, of a... you know, these pre-made scenarios be that by us or by uh, the community and maybe we could um, encourage the use of that by um, uh, getting from promoting player-made scenarios more so in game that is uh, I'm, just an idea off the top of my head maybe we could do where every month there's a scenario from the workshop that we put on to the, into the game by default Ooh. if you know what I mean so for like a month there's a someone from the community made it and it's there and then the next month we'll choose another one but everyone will have access to it and they don't have to like subscribe to anything so that's just an idea that popped into my head um but yeah and trying to um encourage people to make scenarios but then once that's there that also encourages people who aren't into building and making uh ships and survival to yeah have some fun that brings up kind of an interesting point because jason hard Hartgrave on YouTube uh, said that he thinks you guys should get some sci-fi writers and create custom content. Is there any kind of, and you don't have to go into detail, but is there any kind of like sim- even like simple story mode that'll be part of the default of Space Engineers? Like this, like this tutorial feels kind of something like that, where you kind of have goals to get off the ship and to get to the planet and stuff like that. So, is there any kind of uh, story? Uh, in the universe that's going to be planned for the game or is it com- just sandbox you guys make it we'll put it in there that sort of thing i think all i'll say is is, is that th- there's nothing you know there's we've got these ideas going around and like i said earlier we, it was really great to see that the community 
Well, the community really did make it clear that they want to see more story-based content in the Space Engineers universe. And it's something for us to think about, for sure. Um, and, yeah, who knows? Uh, we have another question from the community. Once the game, I guess they're asking, once the game reaches 1.0, uh, are there going to be official multiplayer servers run by you guys? Uh, we are thinking about something like that. Uh, Joel, I think we already have some official uh, server. Or like, testing official server. But it's more kind of, it's kind of closed. It's not, we don't publicize, come join the server, but we do have servers, I guess. Because I remember that we bought, or at least, at least I approved to buy some server a couple, couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay. And it was supposed to be this testing official server. It's possible that it hasn't uh, gone into operation mm-hmm. yet. I don't know. If it's only a couple of weeks ago, it might not be there yet. But, but I don't know, but that's, that's cool. But, but the idea was to have at least one uh, official server that is maintained by us. Okay. So people uh, know. Uh, of course, and public as well. It's pub- yeah, it should be public. But oh, of course, okay. like uh, you can have only certain amount of people on that server, so mm-hmm. it will be a limited thing. And But the thing is that uh, you should have some kind of guarantees of the quality of the gameplay there and also the performance that there will not be floating debris or, you know, so something something along those lines. Yeah, I think it was something we were kind of waiting. We were kind of waiting for the game to um, get into a better position where the the servers, in, in some ways, need less maintaining because the servers, depending on how many people are playing and how big it is, so dedicated servers can require a fair bit of maintenance. Um, but it's definitely something we've we've wanted to do for the community. And because that's, it was about that, it was being able to have servers where people could come and play and have assured, uh, have a yeah, a good time. That was uh, a good performance and stuff. Yeah. So, so there's been a lot of talk about multiplayer, which I, I know people love, but I'm much more of a single player type of guy. So, is there like, I, I've, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't played enough to notice this, but is there any AI? In the game, or can AI things be added so you could have like a single player battle, or is that something that's in the works? I mean, I I apologize if this is very evident to people who've played the game more than I have, but I'm I'm just curious about that because again, there's a lot of talk of multiplayer, uh, so I wanted to just chime in from a single player friends. Okay, well there is there is uh, for the campaign we redid our drone AI, and if you play through the campaign, you'll notice that there are drones, and they're not using set uh, sensors and stuff. They are uh, using like AI, and they can they can um, navigate waypoints, and they can even fight each other. They can choose targets, and I know like that is something that I I spoke to some guy the other day, and there was he was telling me about this thing that they'll be able to. Um, People who create missions will be able to set uh, how many, how many, how long drones fire weapons for. So, if you want to balance a mission, it could like burst. It could fire like two rockets and then like ten seconds of Gatling and then stop again. So, they this will all be configurable by uh, mission creators. But yeah, mission creators can use the drone AI, the same stuff that we've used in the campaign, the tutorial campaign. That is. I have a follow up question to that because. I'm not quite sure on that, but I think you guys also uh, 
have like a company that um, yeah. with uh, that that evolves around AI. If I'm not, this is a question for Marek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's called Good AI, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, exactly uh, at this moment, it's it's uh, not like a company that really makes a business. Uh, it's more like a research and development institute, basically, where we are trying to develop general artificial intelligence. So it's a long-term thing. And uh, there is a sister company called Good AI Business, but uh, the, doing some business. But the main thing is this Good AI, where we are trying to develop or research and develop the uh, general AI. And it's some kind of core research, you know, So and it's long-term. So because we are really going after the human level, artificial intelligence so it will take some time and at this moment it would not be practical to try to use some of the prototypes that we have in a, in our games because basically the type of problems that or the skills that our AI has uh, will not be enough to make a funny or entertaining uh, opponents in the game it will not be funny to to train them and so on. So we, first we need to uh, develop some better AI algorithms and train them on something useful. And then uh, maybe uh, they can be integrated in some games. games. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So uh, we have a question from um, our co-host who's in the chat. Um, I, I'm going to build upon it. He was asking if you guys have seen uh, Dual Universe and what your thoughts about that are. But do you guys also keep tabs on other similar projects to yours and see what they're doing? Like, damn it, we should have had that idea and stuff like that. Do you guys – are you guys too busy to, <laughs> with your own thing to even bother keeping track of anyone else? Uh, I think we usually know about uh, some – like a new player in this field – and uh, I have noticed uh, Dual Universe. I like the videos that, that they make. I think they are very good at presenting uh, what is in their game. Uh, on the other side, when I look on all these kind of competitors, uh, I don't think they have or they are like close to the amount of engineering and physical features that we have in our game. And like uh, some games may be better in some slight small area, but then they don't have the planets, they don't have the traveling, they don't have such complexity in the engineering part and so on. And uh, so I still think uh, that we don't need to be looking on our games and trying to clone or steal their ideas because we prefer to be the leaders in this, you know, like to be implementing our own ideas and showing the others uh, where they can go so then they can clone us after two years. But, uh, yeah, again, like, we prefer to be the leaders, you know, and not the followers. Well, that's totally fair. I, I didn't, I wasn't suggesting you were going to be followers. I was just curious if you guys pay attention because it's kind of interesting, like, in, in the space space, in the space space in general, like, when I started the blog in 2011, there was, like, nothing coming out and now there's a billion Suddenly, things bam, yeah. <laughs> there's a billion it's it's wonderful it's a great time to be a space gear but holy crap <laughs> how are we supposed to keep a track of everything i don't even i think know. there's more to come you know i, I think i think yeah. in this in this year 27 you know you think back with the the kind of zombie survival game uh craze there was uh 
two, I guess, two, yeah, two or three years ago now. Oh, more God, so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, with Daisy, yeah. when was that? 2012? I lose track of it when that when the Daisy mod kind of kickstarted loads of stuff. I, I feel like, you know, this year we'll probably see another couple of games similar in uh, style two space engineers and that. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. There's probably, there's, there's still some more, there's still plenty more uh, life in that uh, area, I think. Yeah it's, yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, to see, to see not only like, it's kind of interesting too, because your game has kind of grown along with the genre in the last few years. Like it really kind of kickstarted I didn't really mean to use that word, but it kind of kick-started with uh, Star Citizen. I shouldn't even mention that name. But uh, back in 2012, and then you guys hit in 2013, and then since then, it's just been like ballooning. It's it's kind mm. of fa- it's kind of fascinating to watch the industry, uh, this this genre especially. Just so I did want to ask something similar uh, on along those lines. Um, with more and more games coming out, like, I don't know if you saw, but there was an article that said that about 6,000 games came out on Steam last year, which is more wow. than, like, I think all the previous years combined. So with that much, and it's not all direct competition, but it's competition for the eyes, um, for visibility. How do you ma- How do you try and maintain discoverability with all that other flotsam and jetsam going on around you? Mm-hmm. I think the only answer is to always be trying to make the, the best game. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is the only thing that we can do. And uh, many of these games, you know, like of these 6,000 games, I think most of them are... Like crap. I don't want to be most of them are crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most <laughs> of them are like <laughs> most of them are like visual novels and mobile ports and and yeah. just a bunch of garbage. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I I am yeah, not so afraid of how many games you bought this year. You know, uh, stuff I probably yeah. bought I probably I probably bought fewer games this year than I have in any year because there's just I already own so much shit. I just keep, you know what I mean. And. <laughs> Yeah, I think the sales of space engineers are more or less stable over the years, and uh, so it looks like like th- there is also um, like constant stream of new players, new cu- customers coming to Steam, coming to PC. So that's also a good thing. And uh, there is also uh, from time to time a new game, completely new game that really gets a lot of visibility. Like for example. A couple of weeks or a month ago, there was this Astroneer. Yeah, yeah. Is mm-hmm. very popular. So you can always have a game, like a new game, that will come and will just take people's attention. It's not like uh, it's too overcrowded. I think it's always like if you have a good game, let's say a unique game, you still get uh, can uh, can make money and be uh, be visible. So I think it's okay. Like. Uh, it's okay. Well, we have another question from the community. And, and again, folks, I appreciate you asking all these questions in the chats, the various ch- – that's I'm, I'm monitoring like three different chat rooms. Uh, but I appreciate you all asking all these questions in chats. It, it helps because I'm not super knowledgeable on the game. So thank you. Uh, 
Will there be hunger and thirst in the game at all? I guess they mean the survival mode. Is that something that you have any intention to implement? Um, sorry. What question? <laughs> if you can't say right now, just food. Yeah, if you can't say, you can't say. I mean, I get that. If there's something, if it's if it's something you just can't talk about, that's fine. Um, but I did want to throw the question out there since someone was nice enough to ask it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's probably best if I if I don't say anything about this uh, that now. Yeah. All right. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah tough one. Totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> I mean, you guys are in flux. It's still in early access. Yeah, it's I I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. You don't want to say, oh yeah, we're totally gonna do that, and then you don't do it. And people are like, you said you were gonna do it. Well, so this is yeah, it's, it's definitely true because. Um, there's so many things that get, you know, concepted and, and looked at, but it's, in the end it doesn't work out for whatever reason. And there's been a couple of examples in the past that we've, we've said to do some things, but for whatever reason it didn't work out or we came up with something slightly different or it may be, you know, in our eyes better, but other certain people looked at it and thought, oh, we preferred it the way you said you were going to do it or something like that. So it is, it's, it's, this is, again, coming back to the early access thing, one of the disadvantages of being so open about it is, um, there's a, there's a lot of opinions and it's, it's always, it's always, it's, well, it's, it's kind of impossible to please everybody, but uh, yeah. So we are, we have to be careful about, you know, like what we say when we're not, you know, hundred percent on stuff. Just do your next game behind closed doors. Cause I was going to say earlier, it's actually refreshing when a game just comes out these days. You know what I mean? Like no early access. It's just, Oh, it's out. That's so quaint. You know, <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah, I think in some ways it's shifting towards that again. I feel like some people, there's a couple of games. I mean, um, some of the games, I think even Ashenir wasn't, it did just, is it on early access Ashenir? Has it come out oh, as my, a full release? I, I can't remember. I don't remember either. I'll look. Which but one? there's been a couple of games that have just kind of popped out suddenly and they're very playable. And I think, like I say, it has been for some, yeah, been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind if the trend went back in that. I mean, I love early access. I love seeing how the sausage is made. But I think, I think some games have done damage to the early access model. Like, what was that one? Space Base DF Nine from. Uh, yeah, it was the uh, the Stomping Land was it the, was the, one of the first ones to like completely be cancelled. Oh yeah, right, right. That one. People and since pissed. then, there's been a, there's been a, a fair number of you know, uh, I guess, failed attempts. And it's, it always ends quite messy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I think it kind of goes back to what you guys were saying earlier. It's not just setting player expectations, it's setting your own. And if you're like, if I put in early access, I'll get all the money now and I could just work on development later. No, that's yeah. no. <laughs> so No Man's Sky was released as a full game, right? Oh yeah, yes, it yeah. yes it was. Oh no, it was. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Maybe it would have been, I don't know for them if it would have been better if they released early access. I think it might have been. Have, I, th- I think it then might people have... would have been like, oh, at least there'll be more stuff. And this most recent update 
the one with the base building has definitely brought back quite a lot. Like I think they were on like mostly negative reviews. And I believe now it's like shifted up quite a fair bit on the review side. Now the, these, the space buildings in, so they can still, they could not, I mean, they'll never be able to live up to what they were expected to be, but I feel like they, if they produce some good content patches in the next year, I think they can definitely regain some ground. But as like I say, if they actually release early access, it might have put people, well, yeah, but they couldn't have asked for $60 early access, though, could they? That's the other thing. Probably not. Yeah, that, that $60 early access is a tough sell. Uh, Astroneer <laughs> is in, er, Astroneer is in early access. I just checked. Um, so we do have some more questions from the community. I'm not sure how to read this one. Would it be possible to add in-game metadata to the, like, 50 meters asteroid hit? I guess they're asking for some kind of in-game logging, you know, like some kind of thing, some kind of rotating display of of a log of, like, all the damage and blah, blah, blah that each individual, I think that's what they're asking? Well, some things are already stored. They're just not shown to the player. And there's certain scripts that expose these um, this information. And not, I don't know about that specific one, but there's there's definitely um, a lot of it, a lot of information can be taken from the program in the programmable block and displayed on LCDs. And you say that you haven't played the game that much, but the more you look into it, the more you'll see all the crazy stuff that scripters have done with the game. So I don't understand the full question, but I don't it's possible either. that I don't either. What yeah. he wants is probably could be already possible. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I'm just. I'm just kind of reading it to you. We got some more. Uh, are there any chance for weather systems on planets? Again, it's quite, it's quite a tough question. Um, yeah, that that would be hard. I really, mean, there's already so much going on in the game. That'd be that'd probably be a tough thing to add on top of everything else, I would think. I mean, really, all our programmers now are, like, really focused on bug fixing and making the game that's there now more enjoyable and more playable and more reliable. And because there's still, you know, a, a fair number of people out there who are having issues with the game. So it's trying to get this, uh, this, this core game to work for everybody. It was many people as possible who have a, you know, good system, decent system that is. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard with these bigger questions because uh, everyone's pretty busy at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, I would definitely, oh, go ahead. Um... If you feel my uh, a question that uh, I have to explain a little bit, but like what I and my friends used to do in the game, and maybe we are abusing the engine a little bit with that, but what we like to do is like um, basically play on a dedicated server and make it like our poor man's MMO, basically. So we had once a game with almost 20 players in there, and they lived around the world, so they were not on simultaneously. But we had like different factions and um, wars going on and factions that uh, were bounty hunters and trading stuff. And surprisingly, it works very well for that to a point. I mean, if you have too many players, too much stuff going on, at some point it gets glitchy. 
but it works surprisingly well. And I wanted to ask about your long-term vision, like when the game is released, what do you think? How many people um, can do stuff like that? Um, hmm. Like how many players would it be possible to be in a session? And in the center session? It's it's a tough one. I think in, in a sense it would always be dependent on the the server uh, configuration and the server um, uh, hardware. Um, and still, we, we're trying to optimize as best as possible and to try and remove any kind of bottleneck um, as many bottlenecks as possible from the software side. Uh, so it means that yeah, if you've you know in a couple of years time when there's even more Uh, powerful servers that are more affordable as well. People will be able to have more people and, uh, and you know, further away and, big, and bigger worlds and stuff. So that's, I guess, in terms of the number, it's kind of hard to give a number, actually, how many players, because it, it, it is a lot of it quite dependent on the server and the network um, specifications. Mm -hmm. And like a little follow-up to that is... Um... Like if you play on a dedicated server, which is online 24-7, and so you have to sleep at some point, and if you have different factions going on and stuff, so do you plan anything for, yeah, I don't know, to protect your buildings while you're gone, stuff like that? You know what I mean? Any systems? I, yeah, I know. I don't know if that's something... I don't think that's something we've um, really thought about too much, because... Ideally, if you've got a base, um, you, I guess, it, it's, it's ideally it's about hiding it <laughs> and not having an antenna or setting up defenses and or even having allies who can defend when you're offline. In terms of offline protection, that's a, it's a good question, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what our um, what uh, designers uh think about that actually yeah so at the moment hiding would be the game you have to play uh, when we hiding and and uh, um, fortifying your bases yeah so in one game we had actually a faction of players who specialized in trading because the other factions um hid their bases so this uh, third faction could trade between them and stuff like that that mm -hmm. was kind of interesting and actually one of my um I have to admit that one of my uh, coolest gaming experiences in my life, I think, this one game we played with 20 people was very engaging and because everything was hand-built by everyone and it was but almost like a normal game where you have um, stuff going on really and really interesting. That sounds that. great. So that you've had some really good uh, experiences on dedicated servers, having yes. walls and all kinds of stuff, yeah. I mean, That's there great. are glitches and stuff like that too if too many players are online and stuff. Um But it, for the most part, it worked. Yeah. So that's good. Good to hear. All right, some more questions from the chat. We got like four in the queue right now. Um, any, I don't know how you would, okay. Any uh, chance of female space engineers? I don't know how you would tell one way or another under the spacesuit, but that, I, I don't know. I mean, Well, the reason is now because you can, um, if you if you press J, you can actually up your visor so you can see it's the. Oh. Uh, yes, that's why. 
it's the main reason why that that's 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 it's come about because suddenly people well it was a while ago now we added the, the that that function it used to be the helmet off and now it was the visor but it was it, i think it was when the question started to arise actually um it's it's definitely uh it's because it was also in medieval engineers there's a female astronaut and there's another it was another reason why people have uh more recently so been asking for it and i don't know if marek has any input on that i don't know mm-hmm. oh, i think you covered this okay um it's uh it's Again, at the moment we've we've still got some uh, underlying. Uh, there's the, the artists are fixing some issues with the models, and um, it's a possibility for sure. That's good. Uh, another question uh, from uh, from Jim: When a player creates a structure, do they continue? Does the game continue to track each individual block positionally, or do you, they group? Attach blocks into a unit, like make multiple units into one larger unit, so it's easier to render and 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 move and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the game is already doing this. Uh, uh, of course, they are kept in some memory structures uh, separate, and then there are some other memory structures where uh, blocks and things are merged together, and uh, there is. Uh, at this moment, I work in our render team, uh, who is actually improving this, this merging even much more. And if uh, people are interested, they can go to my blog. It's uh, blog.maregrosa.org. And uh, about two months ago, uh, there was a blog post where we talk about our plans of uh, render performance optimizations. And uh, so there is more, de- more details on this topic, but basically we are doing this like, uh, and we are also improving this process of merging similar blocks, blocks that actually can be merged together and uh, then rendering them in one uh, render draw call instead of many render draw calls. Uh, it also depends on the type of the block because it's one thing to do this for the armor and then it's other thing to do this for like antennas, doors and all these little uh, other other things. And uh, then also it's different thing uh, to do this for voxels or trees and, and, and so on. So there is a lot of work on uh, on this as well, because this can be one of the biggest uh, performance gains that uh, we can get fast. And then there is also another thing which is called occlusion culling. And this is uh, this merged bigger objects or like bigger pieces of objects uh, testing whether they are actually visible or not. And if they are not visible, like if there is not some occluder in front of them or occluding, I forgot, uh, then not rendering them. So this is another performance gain that we can get. Okay. Oh, wait. That, sorry, hand. I had a question that I lost. Here it is. Uh, this is from Jason in YouTube. Are there any plans to integrate... Uh, augmented reality devices like Holosync or Magic Leap. Uh, or VR for that matter, maybe. Yeah, I, I guess that's a bigger uh, question. Are there any, is there so, any like external device support like for VR or AR coming soon? So regarding AR, there is, there is none. And uh, regarding VR, uh, 
we had one prototype for Oculus, uh, sorry, not Oculus, for HTC Vive. And, uh, but this like project is on hold for this moment because uh, like when you are doing VR, you need to keep, you need to maintain high uh, FPS. And if I remember correctly, it's like 90 FPS or like you need to Each, deliver yeah. 90 FPS and for each eye. So that's basically 180 FPS. And uh, if you don't do this, then it's not just like laggy game, but it's actually Sickening, the, the it? person playing the game feels sick. Yeah. So it's much bigger problem than just when you are playing it on normal monitor. And so for these reasons, uh, especially if we are not able to maintain constant frame rate, which in our game is uh, impossible in all situations because people can always build something crazy and then just smash this thing to the planet or something like this, and there will be a luck. You know, like it's impossible to do it without luck. Then uh, it's it's a problem. So uh, plus the other thing is like practical thing that there there is a lot of people who have. Uh, uh, VR devices, but it's still not a mass market. So uh, the like business viability of, of this is, is little. So we tried yeah. to do this like a hobby project or like a funny project or something like this, but it was too much complicated to actually keep going forward with this. I think we will get to this later, sometime later in the future, but it's not one of the priorities that we are focusing on right now. Yeah. No, that's totally fair because I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting tired of seeing all these VR games coming out on Steam. It's like not a lot I, of- I, I can tell you one thing that actually uh, in the prototype, uh, you could walk on the platform in Space Engineers. Uh, you could see the small ship from close distance. And it was a nice experience. And uh, when people played with this prototype here, it was like a little bit glitchy, but it kind of worked well. Like there were not basically any, any significant glitches. Uh, what was interesting was that you could feel the, the size of all these ships in small yeah. ships. Because when you have this on a like, normal monitor, that's one thing. But if you're in VR with the field of view and everything, and you see it, it's a different thing. So uh, it's a new experience for people. That's, that's for sure. It's like all people who like space engineers. And if they get to experience space engineers in VR, I think it's... It's probably not going to change their life or the way they play the game, but it's a totally <laughs> new experience. It, yeah, it really was. Like, I mean, I was I was lucky enough to, to have to try it on me using it, and I'm going to share this link here. And this is when we, uh, in fact, did it. Um, it was a bit glitchy, but being able to see these ships in in VR, it was amazing. And or sat in this uh, sat in your ship and being able to look around, it really was a cool experience. So. I'm going to share this, but um, trying to maintain that frame rate is difficult. And for us, I mean, the render improvements we were just talking about, they'll help quite significantly, some of them. But also hardware that you need to run at this will also become more affordable. So more people will be inclined to get, you know, um, VR uh, probably. And um, yeah, that's... That's that. Yeah, exactly. So I hate to say this, but I got to start wrapping up because I got to get to work. So I just have a couple of final questions. Uh, unless, Alex, you have any before we wrap up. Oh, um, what are, like, what, what would you say are some of the big uh, to-dos 
on your to-do list coming up in the next maybe update or two that people can look forward to over the next over the coming months? Um, the new HUD is one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that will make a, a significant change for everyone, both old players and new, because it will be it won't be cluttered. It will be more intuitive, and it will just look cleaner. And it will kind of it will because the new blocks have been redone, and they look great and they're high quality. So now the HUD will hopefully be one that also uh, matches that. So that's one of the things uh, relatively soon. Uh, no date, of course, but um, not too far. And also uh, improvements to survival uh, gameplay. And I'm, I can't say what exactly those will be yet, but we are looking at making the experience uh, better. So, yeah. I'm sure people will look forward to that because people love survival in games. People love survival mode. Uh, I don't get it. I survive every day in real life. I don't want to do it in a video game too. I just want to kill things, like I said. <laughs> but, but yeah, people love people love worrying about food in a game. I don't get it, but all right. <laughs> and, and my final question: um, uh, I try to ask this of everyone. Besides your game, what are you guys playing right now, if anything? Um, okay. Uh, myself, um, I've been, pl- I play quite a fair amount of Star Citizen and Kerbal Space Program. I love being with some space games. So that's, that's what Good kind of stuff I play. Good and answers. also, I guess in the last couple months, Dreadnought as well. That was a lot of fun as well. So that's they're probably the main ones. There's probably a couple of us in there a little bit, but they're the main ones that I play aside from our games. Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, I, I don't play many games these these days. And uh, so let me think what I played in last year. Uh, I think the Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein. Oh, I then heard those I are played... excellent. I heard those are yeah. uh, those are really good. Then I played the Doom for maybe one or two or three hours. Then what else? I would like to play Far Cry Primal. And uh, yeah. And also I played a game called Inside. Yeah, and actually I like this very much. It's like a, a 2D kind of 3D game. It's from the creators of Limbo, if you know the game. It's like a, some kind of depressive mm-hmm. setting. And uh, that was very nice. And it was like nice story. And it was quite simple to, to play. So like there were not some kind of uh, deadlocks or something like that for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't have that much time to play games. That's the problem. That's fair. That's, that's totally fair. Uh, Alex, what about you? We'll end with you. What are you playing lately, if anything? Besides this, clearly. <laughs> Um, me, what I'm playing. I mean, you know what I'm playing. I'm playing Warframe all day long, of course. Yeah, a lot of Warframe. And you just got me into that recently, so thank you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm playing Dragon Age uh, Inquisition. I finally got that. It's actually quite more interesting than I thought. Um, and yeah, I started yeah, Subnautica this, again yesterday. This game, like about Space Hulk, right? That came in uh, like month ago. 
Yeah, I bought that and then I gave it back. Yeah, I also bought the game, played it for one or two hours, because I I like the I don't remember the name of the game, but it's like this Space Hulk, Inquisitor, Warhammer, something like this you know, mm-hmm. with these big guys and like. Uh, and uh, yeah, I played it for some time. And uh, Deathwing, Space Hulk, Deathwing. Yeah, yeah, could be that. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was interesting. But mostly, the, I like the trailers, you know, because it all sound or it all looks very mm. mysterious and like you you want to learn like what is it about. Uh, the actual game was shooting, like as, as you could expect. But what I like, for example, like are the little things that when there are doors and you can either open the doors or you can just like um, like kick them off or something like that, you know. So yeah. Cool. So this was interesting game for me as well from the recent games. And then again, I, I the game that's I guess that we've talked about mentioned briefly tonight, but that today it's not tonight not tonight this is morning I, uh, whatever it is for us but um, <laughs> is um, Ashtonir I do want to check Ashtonir out I've heard from the community from our community a lot of people are raving about it and saying that it is in fact uh, very good and even though it's early access it does seem very promising so that's something that I want to check out in the next couple of weeks hopefully yeah that does look pretty great um, but yeah unless, the, unless uh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> it's still early for me. Uh, yeah, so let's wrap it up here because I, I do have to get to work. I'm sorry, guys. But Merrick, Joel, and Alex, I want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your – it's afternoon for you guys. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your afternoons to uh, <coughs> excuse me, talk about space engineers. Uh, so – Folks, just a couple of programming notes real quick before we wrap up. Uh, Thursday, we're going to be playing Warhammer 40K Eternal Crusade, uh, which Jim has been bugging me to play for ages now. So that's going to be fun. And then next Tuesday on the podcast, we're back at the regular time for a show I'm super excited about. We got the guy who wrote and created the 1994 Space Combat Amazingness game Star Crusader. I tracked him down. Getting these, getting the folks who worked on these old games is hard. Uh, but this guy was easy. So, yeah, we're going to be talking Star Crusader next week on the show, which I'm super excited about because that game is way better than I thought it was. Um, so, yeah, folks, thank you so much for listening to the show. Merrick, Joel, and Alex, again, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to me. And uh, I want to wish you all a great day, folks. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks for having us. Thank you. you My pleasure. Our pleasure. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. (laughs) 